begin transmission. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Outer Rim Transmission Podcast. This is episode number 63, our weekly Star Wars talk show. This week is a big one. I can't believe it's here already, but we are talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series finale tonight. So hopefully you're all caught up and you're going to join us in this, what I'm sure will be a very lively discussion as it has been across the fandom over the last couple days since Wednesday. We also have our first big break of Star Wars news and celebration, and we have our first trailer for Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation all on this week's episode. So you might notice if you're watching on video that one of our co-host here is in a slightly different skinnier format um that would be ben so how's it going ben i was happy that we were able to work out a technical you're you're coming from a different location am i right yeah hey it's fitting we're talking about summer vacation and i'm on vacation at virginia beach right now just hanging out having a good time we got here a few days ago i got no sleep because our plane flew out wednesday morning at, at seven so i literally watched the kenobi episode and then after we finished, after literally, I finished that at 4, and we got in the car at 4.15 and left for the airport. Um, so it was a, uh, a really long day Wednesday, but, you know, now I'm just coming from the beach, hanging out, and having a good time. Yeah, there you go. So have you been to Virginia Beach before? Is that kind of a, a, a yep. tradition that you have every, every year you go down there? Yeah, yeah, that's a tradition. We've been doing it for basically my entire life, the past 25, 25 28 years, basically, um, just because we have a bunch of relatives that live in this area. So we come down here, stay with them, and then we all, us and all of our relatives, we all get hotel rooms and come to the beach and hang out here for three or four days. And, you know, it's always it's always a lot of fun. I mean, so far we've had a really good time down here. I got burnt pretty bad, like Anakin on Mustafar. Like my ah. my 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 whole left side of my body is like fried from uh from uh, the way I was laying. And I mean, you know, if you guys know me, I'm I'm about as white as it gets, ghost wise. So I uh I got burnt pretty good there. <laughs> and then we went out on a dolphin viewing cruise tonight, which was oh. a lot of fun. Um, we got to see dolphins. I'll, I'll send the, I'll post the videos on social media once I get back. But we literally saw dolphins, you know, just all over. It was so cool, except for like, you know, it was about two and a half, three hours and about halfway through. I don't know what it was. I literally started getting seasick. Like, I literally, if any of you seen Man of Steel, like when Commander Zod is like getting sick and kind of like freaking out because he's like getting used to Earth. That's basically how I was feeling on the boat. I was like, whoa, like everything just started like spinning for me. And I, I was like, I cannot even like look like out onto the horizon. Cause it was like, it was about making me sick. So oh, I, uh, man. it was a rough like hour and a half ride back to shore. So, uh, and, and normally the crazy thing is I don't get seasick. Like, I don't know why that happened, but it did. Other than that, it's been a, it's been a really good time. And, you know, I'm glad I was able to make it on here onto the podcast. Perfect timing. Like with all my my family just doing some shopping and things I didn't really want to do tonight. I was like, hey, perfect time to do the podcast. There you go. There you go. But I, I'm curious about the dolphins, man. Um, so how do, oh, they know exactly, so cool. um, how do they know exactly where to go? Like dolphins just move all over the place. You know what I mean? So like that's lucky yeah. that you've seen them out there. Well, see, where we went was um, around the Virginia Beach area. There's a lot of different areas that have um, like inlets in the coast where, you know, like uh, dolphins are, are have almost like breeding grounds or safe grounds. So like, you know, it's a common area for like dolphin habitats. So they'll go and like, you know, the boats will go alongside them. And, you know, it was so cool because the dolphins, we actually saw like a mama dolphin and a baby mm. dolphin. They were actually in the wake of the boat, like following because oh. 
because they love to play in the wake. So, like, literally we saw them. They kept coming up and flying out of the water doing flips, like, you know, right in the wake. It was so cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was really neat. And then some of my cousins today, they got kind of freaked out because they, last night, for some reason, you know, they went and decided to look up the Shark Tracker app. Yeah. And we found out there was a there's a shark a 11 foot great white <gasps> named na- yeah 11 foot great white named Freya and it's 900 pounds and it's like only a half mile like that way down the boardwalk south south down the boardwalk basically and that's where it last got pinged last night at about 11 o'clock and we were like holy smokes that's like not that far away so uh, so you know half my cousins wouldn't go in the water today because they were kind of freaked out <laughs> but it's been it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you go into water, hopefully those lifeguards are actually paying attention. And uh... well, here's here's the funny here's the funny part. You say that, you say that. So I was joking to my dad about that in the water. I said, "Yo, you know, we don't have to worry about it because the lifeguards are probably watching." And the lifeguard that was directly in front of us up on the beach, she was turned around on the phone, like facing the hotels, like facing away from the beach. I was like, "Well, I guess we're done." <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with you, Midland? You got you got any trips planned this summer? I know you're you're constantly outside. I know last week you were planning planting some some plants around your place and different things. What have you been up to, man? Um, I, I mean, I've been good, man. Just you know, just living the the good simple life, just working and 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 being the the adult, I guess, of whatever. Um. But yeah, I you know I do like plants. I do plant things at my house in my little garden outside. You know that's very adult of me. Uh, I do work out a lot. I work out a lot, as you guys know. Um, <clears throat> as for trips coming up, yeah, I have a vacation planned uh, the end of July, which is the last full week, which is the week of my birthday. So I'm going down to Florida to see you know some friends and family. Um, I plan on celebrating my birthday that Thursday, but also celebrating it that Friday when I come back. So I definitely won't be on the podcast that day because I'll be traveling all day and coming back home and also celebrating my birthday. But yeah, I plan on doing the Florida vacation the end of July. I'm I'm excited for that. Um, Other than that, though, I mean, you know, I've been to Virginia Beach before, too, and it's a beautiful place to vacation. And, you know, it seems like a very relaxing place, obviously. And I never had an issue going there, so. Ben, I'm glad you're having a good time. Oh yeah, it's it's been a blast. A lot of good food, a lot of lot of good places. Uh, you know, uh, just it's been you know it's a, it's always a lot of fun here. I love going to right. love uh, checking out all the little local spots. You know, that's always the best part about destinations versus like just a straight up touristy traps. Right. There you go. There you go. So we're gonna jump right on in to our week in Star Wars. I'm gonna set this one off first give you guys some time to think about although it's never much of a surprise because we start off with this every week anyways (laughs) but um and i i don't have anything to show i you know what i should have ran downstairs and grabbed a couple on my little work work area but i did start constructing shadow collective i've I've put together like 40 freaking miniatures that's what i've done over like the last seven days is i've just been hard at work Gluing together some Pike Syndicates, some Black Sun Enforcers, some some Mauls, uh, some uh, Maul DeLoreans, or as they call them, the the loyal uh, Super Commanders of Maul, whatever you want to call them. So yeah, that's what I've been doing all week. I I just started to put the first layers of paint on my Pikes. Gonna paint them first, get them out of the way. But yeah, it's been 
been nice kind of jumping into it. Um, I put up a couple uh, videos on the channel if anybody's curious about what the heck I'm talking about. Uh, and those videos always do kind of well. So I'm like, all right, well, maybe I should do more of these. Um, I entered myself into a, a, a special league that's going to start on Monday for the first time. Uh, we got like multiple. We go from having like one miniature store to like three in the past like two years here. Where, mm -hmm. I'm, where I'm from. So that's that's pretty cool because if you know anything about miniature gaming, most of the time you have to travel quite a ways to find a place. So the fact that I have like three in my backyard is really convenient. So uh, and, and we have enough players to start a little eight-week weekly league. So I will uh, try to remember to give my updates every week if I win or lose or if I get crushed or I completely annihilate the other team. Um, but yeah, I've been... I've been looking forward to that, a little bit of organized uh, a play coming up here in, in, in a soonish time frame. So um, I'll throw it over to Ben. Now you're over there in Virginia Beach. Is there anything Star Wars uh, besides watching Obi Wan, of course, um, that you've been involved with down there? Um, nothing too much, really. Like I haven't, I haven't had too many like Star Wars type experiences because you know we've been just hanging out on the beach the whole time, but. Uh, you know, it really did get me thinking when we were uh, out in the water. I was like, man, I wish, um, I wish Star Wars would address some more of like the the type of creatures like we saw from like the Phantom Menace or something. Like, you know, when we were in the shark discussion, for example. Like, I wish Star Wars would have some more of those type of like, you know, water-based creatures potentially like, you know, as a threat for like whatever heroes for whatever stories are getting told. You know, I think, um, you know, those always make an interesting impact on storytelling in general, especially Star Wars, just because, you know, everyone goes back to, like, Jaws and thinking about Jaws, for example. So, uh, you know, that's my big thing, just more of, like, creatively, I wish Star Wars would include more, like, say, sea life and, like, using them as a potential threat for, like, the heroes of the stories. I think it would be really, you know, an interesting thing to go about, like... You know, we saw a bit of that in Mando with the uh, with the Bo Katan episode, like how the guys had that creature in the bottom yeah. of their ship. Like, I wish it was more. Forget the bottom of their ship. I wish it was like a creature, like attacking like the boat that way. You know, it's like different things like that. I would say I wish they had, would incorporate a little more versus just like say the straight up. I guess you would say almost humanoid creatures like the aliens. Mm. Um, so like that's that would be my thing. Just more of a like creative thought for Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I think the Mandalorian has been doing wonders with that because literally the yep. first couple minutes of the episode of season one, episode one, you see that walrus mm -hmm. type creature grabbing the Razor Crest, pulling it down. That's when we see the yep. good old uh, disruptor rifle and in action zapping him. So that that to yep. me was um, pretty cool. And it's funny you mentioned that. I have just, well, not just, but on Monday when I seen Jurassic World uh, Dominion. I don't recommend the movie, just so you know. I wasn't wasn't happy with it. But I mean that's a movie franchise. That's literally that's all it is, is it's filled with creatures. And and you gotta have a very happy balance because you you, you don't wanna turn into some of those rebels episodes, some of those bad batch episodes, some of those resistance uh -huh. episodes. Every Star Wars series does it where it's like they focus too much on on the action with the creatures and it almost feels like not a lot happens with the actual characters. So it's like a hard line to kind of tread. Um, there's been some some sequences where it has worked, but most of the time it hasn't worked. So that's why I'm always kind of hesitant yep. about like 
yeah, you can put creatures in there. Just just do it right, you know. Oh yeah, gotta be smart about it. It's all. I mean, as we'll get into with this episode tonight about Kenobi, you know, it's all about execution. Certainly, certainly is. All right, so what's going on with you, Milton? I know you've been sending a lot of cool uh, memes that you've been gathering online the last couple mm-hmm. days, and uh, right, it is it is pretty funny how they relate to like the current uh, state of the <clears throat> fandom and whatnot. Yes, um, I mean besides that, because I've always been a meme guy. I listen, anyone that knows me, I like to laugh at everything. I mean, I don't care if it's politics, kids, adults, old people. I'll laugh at it all. Star Wars, whatever. Um, so anytime I see those memes, I'm going to send them out. Um, but no, this week in Star Wars, for me, actually, I sent this to you guys yesterday. <clears throat> so I technically was working at the time whenever I discovered this. So I had to do a late meeting with a client around 530. So I had some time to kill. So I was running through the town where I was headed to. I was like, let me stop by GameStop just to kill some time for like oh, 10, 15 yeah. minutes. So I'm going through the PlayStation 4 section because I'm a PlayStation guy. Not expecting to buy anything or see anything that I want because I'm not really into like getting a lot of games except for the sports games. And, may, and obviously playing Jedi Fallen Order, which I have, which I have not played yet. But it's downstairs <laughs> waiting for me to play. <laughs> but um, as I'm looking, I spot Jedi Academy. Ooh. And Jedi Outcast. And I was like, wait a minute, like they made this for PlayStation 4? And now and again, I haven't played those games in years. I don't even, don't even remember them that well. So I was like, oh well, I have to get this. Seriously. Because it was it was only like twenty five bucks. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna grab it for PlayStation 4. And it came in as like a dual pack. So nice. like, that's perfect. So then I see another game next to it, and it's another dual pack of two games. It's Star Wars Pod Racing. And the Commando game. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember those? Oh yeah, I have them it's, on like, the it's like, yep. yeah. So I was like, well, I can't not get this. So like, I have to grab that too. And I was like, it just makes sense to grab these because again, I'm not super familiar with those four games because they've been so long since they've come out. What it was like, what early 2000s, oh, maybe yeah. mid 2000s when yep. they came out. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was like, I have to get them for PS4. It just makes sense. So I snagged them at GameStop and sent you guys a picture of them. Yeah, they're fantastic games. Those little classics, and it's neat that they have these double packs. Like I didn't realize they made those. I I seen those, and I'm, you know, I'm so used to getting stuff digitally now, but it is mm-hmm. cool to see like a a hard packaged like double pack like that. And it's right. like the best of the best. And it's like, all right, Outcast, Jedi Academy. I personally am more of a fan of Jedi Outcast because I've played through that way more many times. <clears throat> I never even actually owned Jedi Academy. I remember going over my cousin's house. To play it on his desktop computer because at the time i think that was like the only way i could play the game or something so i'd just go over there and right. i played like for a couple couple hours and now that, that was it i remember you could create a character i remember we were fighting a rancor i remember and i always like think about this is they had a different style of vader's castle in jedi in jedi academy there is a vader's castle was on this other planet but it was like acidic rain. So like that level you had to like kind of go underneath like objects and like run to another object so you wouldn't get melted by the acid. So every mm-hmm. time I see like especially the episode tonight, we'll talk about it. it's like, oh yeah, Mustafar. Well eventually eventually the the, the castle was gonna be on an acid ridden planet, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. No, again, I 
I don't even remember that because I haven't I haven't played yeah. a game in years, and I don't think I don't think I've ever beaten it. So it was nice to see it. I was like, okay, there's finally a hard copy of it. It's for a system that I have, so I figured I would take it. Like I'm actually I'm hoping that we start getting more of these older games that we liked as kids, especially like whether it's Star Wars or whatever. That's I guess backwards compatible for current you know gen generations. You know, in the sense of like Xbox 360 xbox one ps4 ps5 mm-hmm. i would love to get those games so honestly it, <clears throat> excuse me if i had to pick a game that that star wars could redo now i know they're doing knights of the old republic which we all can't wait to get but um if they did the obi-wan kenobi game oh from yeah. xbox yep oh i'm on it like i'm dead oh, serious yeah. if, they, if, they, if they said oh we're, we're going to release this for xbox one and ps4 and ps5 oh you know i'm buying it i'll pay, i'll pay 65 dollars for that game Okay, I yeah. love playing it. And I'm not and I've never been an Xbox person, but that's the only Xbox game that I think I've played that I actually liked. And I was like, okay, I could I wanted to get an Xbox for that reason. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chris, you know, we've been petitioning on Twitter for that for how long? Well, I seen <laughs> the game at Columbus during the Easter weekend this year. I was at the Columbus market and I seen they had the game there, and it was 70 freaking dollars because there's no way to backward. It's the only Star Wars game I feel like that's not yeah. backwards compatible. And I, and, and I think it's only for Xbox, right? Or is it yeah, for PlayStation and, also? Yeah, it was. I think only it was Xbox. an Xbox. Only I think Xbox, it was an Xbox yeah. launch yep. exclusive. And I think I gotta imagine the reason why is the control scheme doesn't translate mm-hmm. or something. Like I know it's yeah. heavily with the analog stick, and I, that's why I really liked it. Every time you would swing right. your analog stick, it would swing the character's arm in the game to hit the saber, and that was really cool because mm-hmm. you had. Like these different kind of soldiers that had like um, cortosis weapons or something that would block a lightsaber blade. So that was crazy for me because I had never mm-hmm. seen anything like that. So they had this really cool story with Qui-Gon Jinn. It's like, you gotta think, especially after like Obi-Wan Kenobi series and stuff, like they should develop like a backstory for Obi-Wan and well, Qui-Gon. And, like, and this, is why, this is why I get so upset. Not upset, but this is why I get like kind of turned off by the Lego games because... <laughs> yeah, I know you guys. I know you guys like them, and I know we'll get into it a little bit. And that's fine. I know they're very popular games, but you had a game of Jedi Fallen Order that just came out, and you had Battlefront Two that was better received than the first one. Had its issues, but it was better received than the first one. That's why I've always wished like they need to release uh, a Star Wars saga game that's like those, like 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 the Force Unleashed. If you give us nine uh, uh, Star Wars, you know, saga game like The Force Unleashed, I'll buy that. I'll be more invested to play that because there will be – it just looks more like – it obviously looks real. Yeah. And I just can't connect with the Lego games like, like you guys can. Yep. So if, if they gave us that option too, oh my god, I'm buying it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Um, some little video game talk, some beach talk, some shark talk. We we had it all on this this week in the beginning here. Um, but then we have we have a couple of things to get through. We're, uh, unfortunately, we're not gonna be able to do our normal trivia. Um, but I tell you guys, we are gonna do it very soon in the future. We're not done with that. That's it's a fun it's a new segment that we all love here, especially with uh, chat participating. Speaking of chat, we have Dark Nerd Gonzo, we have Aaron Daly, and just as usual housekeeping is involved. You can find us online if you're listening to us now you can find us on youtube you can see our lovely faces every friday at nine o'clock eastern um we're, we're always live 
you can always check us out. You can always be involved. Um, and if you want to listen to us on the go, we're on any available podcast streaming service. Just simply search Outer Rim Transmission. And if you want to buy some merch, we have a merch store on teespring.com. Again, search Outer Rim Transmission. Okay, so we do have one release that came out this week, and I do want to spend a little bit of time on this because I did go a little bit of it about it into uh, detail here in um, one of my videos I put out this week. It has the release of Crimson Rain number five. Now, if you aren't familiar uh, with this, it is basically the Kira story in comic book form in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, following uh, the, the events of War of the Bounty Hunters, which is the whole thing where... All the bounty hunters were trying to get Han Solo. Kira stole Han Solo, tried to auction her off to like the highest bidder. And basically it caused like this huge strife when the huts got killed and there's a big power vacuum. And then that's where Crimson Rain number one picked up where Kira was the one in charge of the power vacuum with the huts. And she basically had all these different factions warring against one another. And at the same time, her end game through these entire five issues of this series was to kill the Sith. She knows that Palpatine and Vader are the Sith and they are responsible for putting the galaxy in the state it currently is in right now. Uh, so she basically has a team of people ranging from this Force-sensitive uh, archivist to some other bounty hunters to even the freaking Knights of Ren themselves doing different missions to destabilize the government. And to strike fear in Palpatine. And Palpatine by issue 5 has noticed what has happened around the galaxy. And you know, somebody like him, the Emperor of the Universe, eh, I, don't, I wouldn't think he's too easily perturbed by minor annoyances. But he's seeming to actually say like, oh, the Crimson Dawn is a threat to the Empire. Um, so by the end of this issue, Kira basically has been sought out. And now the Empire is aware of her. Um, dealings with everything and now her backup plan which she had to sped along is to create chaos with all her agents and her agents are embedded in the empire the rebellion different factions of the criminal syndicates so her idea is to cause chaos to disrupt everything um, my whole thing with the story these five issues specifically crimson rain themselves not war of the bounty hunters is that this felt like so much of a setup with no payoff and for this to be spread out over it was supposed to be five months. It ended up being like seven or eight months because things get delayed with like the printing industry and stuff like that. I guess resources are kind of in flux. So that a couple of these issues had to be spread out longer than they were supposed to. That I just got done reading these things and I'm like, this is kind of what I'm kind of bothered by with the comics right now is I'm not feeling like I'm getting enough big swings from the comic books to sometimes warrant being so like involved with them, um, which is kind of terrible to say because i've been covering these things since i opened up my channel but i feel like right now especially with the high republic on hiatus the high republic was the shining example for me of like hey how to make impactful stories that matter um these other ones are kind of like we're spinning our wheels on a lot of them a lot of these comics i feel like hey hadn't we done this before like they're spinning our wheels in between empire and return of the jedi because i guess they can't cover enough ground or something like that but the main thing is like there's three segments of this Kira story that's going to be told. It's like the Kira trilogy in the comic book form. You have War of the Bounty Hunters, you have the Crimson Reign, and then you have the Hidden Empire, which is coming out in October that they put in the back of the book. It's coming out in October. So I feel like all this middle stuff was not substantial enough for me to warrant even having this kind of miniseries, especially since I didn't learn anything about Kira in this 
in these stories, which is really disappointing. Because um, Charles Soule is writing these. He does a great job. But I don't know if like Lucasfilm is just saying, hey, you can't really tell these stories or you got to slow down. You got to just kind of, I don't know. Um, so that's my take. My hot take on it all is like, hey, like I wish we would see more forward progression for a lot of these stories, specifically with this Crimson Rain uh, miniseries. Now, I know, Ben, that you watch some of the videos I put out that kind of at least keep up to speed with what's going on. Um, do you kind of agree or do you feel like yeah. the comics well, are well, not so taking enough big swings these days because it just seems like they're playing kind of safe right now? Yeah, I think this is my big critique of the comics, I would say 100%. Yeah, I, I check out all your videos. Like everybody, like if you're like me and I, I, uh, I can't keep up with all the comics and everything, make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel. Like that'll help for sure. But um, like for me... I think the issue I'm having connecting with a lot of these comics or books even, um, like some of the books have been really good. Like Catalyst was great. Bloodline was great. The Thrawn books were pretty good. Yeah. The, um, the, uh, was it a, the Darth Vader book was really good. Like some of that stuff's really good. Oh but yeah. Then, but then I feel like my issue with a lot of these things, like it's hard to connect with because I feel like they're not giving them enough of uh how would you say like big events to use yeah. for book exclusive so it, it to me i've always felt like the way they're doing it is like they're playing it so safe like don't get me wrong it's great like hard canon is great and all but it's it's difficult because then that means they're like well that means we're going to save every possible event plus the what if five or six what if events off those possible events or our on-screen things only, just in case we ever decide to use them, and then we'll give the books and comics whatever's left over. And that's what drives me crazy because, mm-hmm. like, that's why, you know, Milton can attest to this too. That's why the old Legends books were so impactful because you had so many huge events, and the Legends books happen where it's like boom, boom, boom. This yeah. happened with Luke. This happened with Han. This happened with Qui Gon, Obi Wan, Emperor, whoever. Like you have all these massive events happening and things happening, but then in like, well, like for example. So uh, the one book that I always reference that's so good leading into Revenge of the Sith, the um, uh, Labyrinth, I think it's Labyrinth of Evil. Well, that book, in that one, you, throughout the book, you have like this Reb, or, um, Republic officer who's slowly basically being a Sherlock Holmes investigating who is behind the entire war, a.k.a., you know, obviously he's, he's hinting at Palpatine through the whole thing, or Darth Sidious, I guess you would say. He, so throughout the whole book, he's investigating, investigating, investigating. And when he gets to the very end, he gets killed by Palpatine. And, like, he literally discovers it's him. And when he goes to, like, escape, you know, he's dead. Like, you know, the Emperor force chokes him and he's dead. So, like, the thing is, you know, that's such an incredible story. But, like, nowadays for Star Wars, for example, they want to allow that exact same story to be told. Mm-hmm. because I feel like they would save that for a potential on-screen series or something, you know, as a B-plot story for, a, a you know, an a Imperial or, a, you know, Episode 2 or 3 era live-action series or animated series even. Like, I feel like they're just being gun-shy with stories because they want to make sure they save just in case for on-screen. Mm. And that's my, that's my, like, critique of the books and comics is I just feel like they don't get a big enough piece of the pie. Hmm. Yeah, and, and you're right, because when George Lucas kind of gave his uh, good word to be like, hey, do your stories, 
like he was only ever going to do episodes one, two, three, four, five, six. So after that, it's yep. like okay. And there was no TV series really, right? There was nothing. There was nothing. I mean, so they killed. Like, they killed. They killed Chewbacca in one of the books. Yeah. Like yeah. R. A. Salvatore said he would never write Star Wars again after that because he got flaxed so hard by the fans. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just it's a little bit of a downer, and I was thinking about that this week. Like, okay, like I'm investing, you know a lot of money i've invested a lot of money into the comics and it's like there's been some really great storytelling but sometimes i'm just like all right what was what was the point of this issue i i it's i know it sounds like i'm kind of just complaining and kind of just a little irked but you know I, i there's been some seriously good stuff like the darth vader souls run and the lando mini series and the poe dameron series was pretty freaking awesome um but it always comes back to the current line, like the current big stuff with like Star Wars issue, Darth Vader issues. Those are the ones in that current timeline where it's like, okay, here we go. But anyway, so that was my two cents. I don't want to ramble too much on that because uh, we have some cool things to talk about coming up next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you alerted me to this, Ben. And, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi was not even like completely out yet. And, you know, the Disney uh, promotion uh, machine is already ramping up and we got our first look our first trailer at the star like a star wars summer vacation it's about a minute and 44 second trailer this thing is coming out on august 5th so you know just right around the corner basically uh we gotta go a little bit over a month before we get some more star wars content what was your first reaction to this one ben well i mean as many of our viewers and listeners may know my first reaction was dang they took my idea <laughs> um, just because, uh, you know, I, I jokingly said that last September, October range, whenever the, uh, the Halloween special was coming out, I said, man, Star Wars could make a lot of money or a lot of viewership if they would do a seasonal Lego special every year for, you know, Christmas, Halloween, um, summer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I sent you the message. I said, oh, look, look where we are now. So I just uh, I just had a good laugh out of that. But. For the trailer specifically, I would say it's exactly what I wanted. Like in I in a like my idea of like a Star Wars summer vacation was pretty much exactly what we saw in that trailer. Like it looks like a fun summer vacation of Star Wars. Like I mean, I mean, there's no other way to put it. Like you know, the characters are good. The uh, I think that I think the voice actors do a really good job with the Legos, especially the Emperor's voice. Yeah. He, all, he it's it's not it's not Ian McDermott or even um of uh, Sam Witwer. But it's still the guy that does it. It's like it's a good, yeah. I guess you would say, Chris, like a good cartoony emperor. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I would say. So like that's that's a. I really like his character a lot. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be just another fun, like Star Wars adventure. And it was a good, it was a good way to kick off kick off summer because that was the first day of summer it came out, or well, the trailer came out. Oh crap! I didn't even realize that. that's pretty cool. That's yeah, synergy June 21st. right there. Yep. <laughs> uh, the, the biggest thing I took away from the show, I took away a couple cool things here, um, was the the brand new song by Weird Al at Yankovic. You actually, his likeness as a Lego character is great. It's Scarif <laughs> Beach Party song, and I actually have it stuck in my head right now. I was like gonna look it up to see if they had on Spotify or something, and I couldn't couldn't find it. So I'm gonna have to wait until August fifth to to listen <laughs> to it fully. But I was like, I like how they are just having so much fun. Like you know, obviously this is not canon 
because they have like the Emperor and Vader, but then you have like Ben Solo, so it's like, yeah, that never would have happened in Canada. They don't exist in the same time frame, <laughs> right? But it is pretty cool because you see a young Ben Solo. And at first I was like, something looks weird about Han Solo. Like, I literally thought it was Han Solo. I was like, at first glance, I was like, something's off about this. It's like, oh, it's Ben Solo. I just never seen him with his father's clothes on. And then you actually see the Jedi temple on whatever planet that was that we've seen in uh, Book of Boba Fett. You can see that little temple there. But uh, I I had a lot of fun with it. I like how these Lego Star Wars specials, they kind of take you throughout the galaxy all the fun characters again, not not you know strict on can you're seeing uh, Obi Wan Kenobi dancing with like a freaking Hawaiian shirt or or something <laughs> funny on, and then you see uh, uh, what is the Job of the Hut like spinning around. So I, I just yep. like the hijinks. Um, one thing to note is they do have the good old Halcyon, aka this the Galactic Star Cruiser. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> media is trying to put that in our faces and trying to drum up some business. I don't even know like how many people are still staying there. They actually had a booth for Galactic Star Cruiser on the floor at Celebration, but I was going nowhere near that thing. Trash. <laughs> well, Trash, hey, bro. hey, I know, I know, I can say this. I, I can speak for all of us here at the podcast. I know now, especially that you pointed that out, Chris. I know for sure Milton is not going to watch this now. <laughs> no, I'm not watching it. You, you already know. I, you, listen, I, I mean, you, this added to it. <laughs> you know, listen. I I did. I think I watched the uh, the holiday special that they did. It was the last year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I did watch that one, and it was okay. I was like, okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> but after seeing this trailer, I was like, man, this shit looks like trash. Yo, like I'm not gonna lie. Like no no disrespect. I know you guys are in the Lego, but yeah. I just, I just can't do it. Like I'm like, cause it it did make me laugh when Ben sent this to us. He's like, yep, they pretty much did what they told you I was going to do, and he's not wrong. Like I mean, listen, That's they're good. Disney, so they're going to capitalize yeah. on this IP, and they should milk it out. You know, obviously. However, yeah. this ain't for me. I'm I'm sorry. Like I ain't watching it. Because I was like, what? <laughs> like Again, it just wasn't me. And I'm not even saying it's just trash or not. I'm just like, I'm just not doing it. Because I'm just like, nah. Because I'm not, I'm not invested. Again, I still haven't even finished Moon Knight. Nor have I finished the first episode of Ms. Marvel. So, like, <laughs> I, right now, I've been so, like, turned off by, like, some of the stuff that's more, like, just goofy to me about, like, whether it's Star Wars or just Marvel yep. or Disney in general. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm good. So... Well, there you have it. We're going to have a very quiet uh, discussion from, from Milton that week that we talk about the episode. <laughs> yeah, you just just don't don't ask me no questions. Cause I'll be like, I ain't, I, I'm not. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. So there you go. August 5th, we got a new Lego special. So, hey, the way I look at it is some, some entertainment, nonetheless, whether it's good or bad. We'll see what happens. But here we go. We're into the crux of the conversation here. We have a big, big thing to talk about, and we've all been waiting for it. We've had plenty of discussion on the previous episodes about, oh, there's so much writing on this episode. There's so much writing on this episode. So giving you a a brief synopsis, we have episode six, or actually they call it part six. We have the duel of the century, Obi-Wan, Darth Vader. Obi-Wan lures Darth Vader down to this planet to draw him out to give his friends a saving grace to get away. Um, they fight, and Obi-Wan leaves 
his once Padawan to, in dismay as he realizes he is no longer Anakin. Um, but they do get the they do get the twins back. They do get Leia back to uh, the Alderaan, and there is a little conflict between Reva and the Owens and Owen Lars and all them over there. That was awesome with Tatooine, uh, and Reva has a moment of atonement, I guess you could say, and we will get into that. And by the end of this episode, Obi Wan relocates himself after saying hello there to Luke. And he relocates himself, but before he does that, he's able to meet a once good Master Qui-Gon Jinn. And that's how the series ends. Whether or not we, you know, we're going to get more episodes, I was expecting to see, like, oh, season two is coming or something like that. We did get no acknowledgement, but that's how the series ended. And I think, at least, adding in my two senses, I think it ended pretty well for what it was. Um... Going into my overall thoughts of this episode. Remember, we're going to just talk about this episode in its own solitary form. We're going to talk about the entire series as a whole next week as we, you know, have more time to kind of ruminate on, on our thoughts and all that. But for me, this episode started really bad. I, I was like, oh gosh, because it reminded, and I, I didn't mind it in The Last Jedi. I know you guys will probably give me flack for it. I didn't really <laughs> mind the whole chase scene in The Last Jedi for some reason. That's now a slow car chase, back, dude. Come on. Now, looking back, I can understand, but, like, this was really bad. I mean, it's like, how does this ship have that kind of shielding power to survive in a bombardment from an Imperial Star Destroyer that was able to just pummel them repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly? Mm -hmm. And then Obi-Wan gets out, and he's in this little ship, and it's having this janky freaking movement going side to side for another ten minutes before he decides to yeah. turn around. Okay, I get it. Like, if you're looking at the physics of Star Wars... You can go back to A New Hope, and you can see that, oh yeah, the blockade runner was also just getting hammered for like 10 minutes. But it doesn't mean that they have to do that again. <laughs> like, I get it. They're going for the nostalgia. <laughs> but anyway, so that, that part turned me off. But, but once I got past that part, it started getting better for me. Seeing the duel between Vader and Obi-Wan was good, but I still wanted more. I still wanted more. Like, that dialogue was too quick for me. I, I needed to see more of a resolution i feel like it ended too quick i feel like there wasn't enough there for them to like just walk away that quickly from one another or at least obi-wan walked away uh but everything after that i i i'll be honest like my favorite part of this i was more engaged and maybe on, on subsequent viewings i'll think differently about this but i was actually more engaged what was happening on tatooine because that was like a legend story come to life in my eyes like that reminded me of like something from like the kenobi novel whether or not that that thing happened, it, it reminded me of something that could have happened in Legends, where it's like you have you have Yoan, you have Baru, and they are fighting for the life of Luke. Like these are two people that aren't even related by blood. These three people, but you can see like how much care that they're taking to do everything they have to go against this Inquisitor. Like that for me was like super exciting, and we all know how it's going to end to a certain degree. But still, I was on the edge of my seat. And I think they did a great job at the end of the episode with really tying all the loose ends together. We get a better explanation of why Leia doesn't act like she's surprised by Obi-Wan's message. Like she's trying to keep it low key as she says to Ben saying, oh, you know, don't don't really tell anybody about our thing here and all that kind of stuff. So they did kind of tie that together. They added a lot more emotion at the end. I will say, I, I it was great seeing the Obi-Wan Kenobi come through that I seen in Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones and A Phantom Menace towards the end there. That was what I was waiting for. But 
um, you know, looking at this episode again, I, again, I'm rambling on because now I'm realizing I don't want to talk about the whole series, mm-hmm. but I'm just trying to talk about the, <laughs> the one episode. Um, I liked it. I think it was good. I think episode one and this are definitely my favorite episodes of the right. of the entire series. I'll throw it over to Milton. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I can echo a lot of those sentiments. Um, so I'll, I'll break it down like with my bad first and I'll do my good. So I, I agree with you. I thought the beginning was kind of goofy because it, it did kind of remind me of The Last Jedi, which, you know, I just despise that movie. Because um, I'm th- like the, the whole slow, the slow car chase in space needs to stop. Like the only way the best way they've done that was obviously through A New Hope when that movie started. And even in Empire, when they were getting chased through the um, through the uh, asteroid That's field ex- and even like, at, yeah, and even at the end. Whenever they have, they get Luke, and they're trying to jump to hyperspace, and at the end, at the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back, those are the best times they've done, like uh-huh. being on the run when it comes yep. to space. And I mean, because it's 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 insightful, it's it's suspenseful. They're still telling a good story. I still feel invested. This very much reminded me of the Last Jedi when I was like, oh, where are we going with this? Like, how are they mm-hmm. going to just get to the action? However, I I, I watched it again. And it grew on me a little bit, even though I still have some issues with it. I, I It was nice to see because the, the reason why they did it, I think, was trying to push that Obi-Wan was showing that he was selfless. He's like, hey, I know this isn't about me. You're the future. Like, he makes that comment to say, yeah, you're, the future. you're the future. I'm not. You know, like, and I was like, OK, I see what they're trying to set up here. They could have done it better. I'll, I'll just keep it at that. Um, My other negative about this episode I thought the I'd be honest with you, I wasn't impressed with the CGI in space. It looked kind of too fake. Mm. Like I just I felt like the Death or the Star Destroyer looked too fake, and even like that chase scene just looked too fake. I, I, have you guys been noticing like when, when we yeah. get those big like circle shots of Vader inside the the Star Destroyer, how the atmosphere looks ultra fake? Because I think it's because of that. Mm-hmm. What's that technology they're using? The, vo- the volume. The volume, yeah, you can definitely tell they're using that. It's like, oh my god, like it's yeah. just so weird to me. It's just the visuals get a little off. Again, it's not trash. It's just the fact that like it's very telling because the hyperspace looks so different. The animated hyperspace looks so much better than what we get in live action, which has been that's a goofy to me. That's very surprising. But hmm. um, again, when it comes to negatives, those are probably my two biggest things for this episode. I like this episode a lot. This is probably my second favorite episode. Uh, besides the premiere, I would say this one, episode six, and episode five are probably my favorite ones. Okay. Um, But, like, the good, I love the fight. I actually thought the fight was perfect because it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of a blend between, obviously, Revenge of the Sith and a new hope and how they kind of blended it together in a, in a sense of like, yes, they're, they're, they're moving faster. The dueling is dope, but also like they're not as good with a saber anymore. Cause they're both older, quite not quite gone. Obi-Wan's out of touch with the force a little bit. He hasn't practiced, you know, and obviously Vader is now in the suit. So it kind of got me a mix of, this is what I thought the sequels were going to be like how they fought. Cause I think, Oh, this is a perfect blend. Love the fight. Love the dialogue at the end between Anakin, Vader, and Obi-Wan was was fire, dude. Like, I thought that was some of the best delivery of dialogue in this whole series. Legit, I've been saying it to myself when I'm in the car sometimes, like, like 
trying to act like I'm Vader. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> could you imagine if I'm Darth Vader saying those lines? And he's like, what do you say? He's like, he's like, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Mm-hmm. The same way I'm going to destroy you. And I'm thinking, how dope is that line, dude? And you're thinking, yeah, Anakin's gone. And I'm thinking that that's a and how they covered, how how they echoed, rebels, and how they oh, had them sliced, dude. Oh no, oh no, I and I I can see that because I've seen that criticism, and I'm thinking, yeah, we're echoing, but that's Star Wars for you though. They do a lot of echoing when it comes to the movies, the different sequels, but. We all geeked out when we saw that in <laughs> Rebels, and I guarantee you, at the time, we all were like, "Could you imagine that being in live action?" You know, mm-hmm. so it was cool to see. But thank God they didn't use the same dialogue. Obviously, they used in Rebels, but they just <laughs> but they almost they, they used just, the same dialogue, dude. I watched it. It was close. 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 <laughs> it was close. <laughs> they was switched close, around a word or two. That's literally it. They, they, <laughs> it was close, but but I understood the storytelling they were trying to tell because really. They're setting up a new hope. They're saying that from Ben's point of view, his friend okay. is dead. So that that's why, to me, I had to actually think about, like, okay, how is this going to reflect a new hope? They're showing that Ben is saying he's more machine than man, twisted and evil. You know, he's, he's not – my friend is gone. He is – Vader really – and he says Vader killed Anakin Skywalker. And what did Vader oh. Anakin tell us? He said, you didn't kill Anakin. I did. So it's like, okay, you're just, to me, I'm thinking about New Hope and how those lines make sense now and how, okay, when people who actually never see New Hope, and actually my friend Amanda, who I believe is watching this episode now, (laughs) I'm convincing her to watch Star Wars with me. I just don't know which trilogy to start with yet. But I think once she eventually watches the trilogy and understands, like, how all these things tie in, I think this would. I think she would appreciate this. I think fans now would appreciate how this strengthened. I think a new hope, just like Rogue One did, in my opinion, it strengthened a new hope. I think this two minutes of dialogue strengthened Ben's words in that movie. Um, I loved how Baru and Owen were badasses, dude. Baru's so dope. Yeah. We should get more of her. Like Seriously. literally, she took control. She was a star of that, that part of the show, or that part of the episode. She know. took control. I don't. I mean, I loved Owen. Though. I I feel like no, no. Owen, oh, Owen's that guy. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I but, feel but Baru, like he stole the show for me. I don't I know. Like, I mean, like he he's. I see. I don't know because because I expected Owen to act that way. Baru though, because beginning we only saw him. We saw Baru maybe a handful of times, and this whole series of Star Wars, we've never really heard her speak a sentence. We never really got a, an idea of her personality except for a new hope a little bit. But I'm talking about for her to say, I'm not okay. leaving my home. We knew this was coming. And she, she she's out here opening stuff. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? She's pulling out two guns. She's like, no, we're, we're, we're going to fight. And I'm thinking, you know what? And then she had the audacity to slap old girl, which I thought was ridiculous with this whole slapping stuff. Like, come on, stop slapping stormtroopers and, and inquisitors. That's not how you beat them. That was ridiculous. <laughs> other than yeah, other than that, because I'm going on and on. Other than that, <laughs> I like this episode a lot. I like how they wrapped it up. It was cool seeing Qui Gon Jinn. Um, I love seeing Liam Neeson. I, I I if we do get a season two. I don't know what they're going to do at that point with the season two because I really, I really feel like they're going it, to. It's hard to tell another adventure, especially if they want to include Darth Vader. It was, just, it wouldn't make sense to include him in season two. 
But if they do tell a season two, they need to keep it. I, I guess keep them on Tatooine, which I don't want them yeah. to. Um, overall, I like how they wrapped up the storyline. I love the Leia stuff. I loved Bail Organa. I loved his wife. Um, oh, and, and a criticism, final criticism, I apologize. I thought it was, the lighting wasn't great with that fight between Obi-Wan and Vader. I know it was dark, but that's my problem with this overall show was the lack of creativity when it comes to planets yes. and some of the visuals. Yes. Alderaan looked dope. Oh, yeah. I love that. We need more of that in Star Wars. Yes. Alderaan the- and Tatooine. And Dayu was really, really good. The, the Hong Kong-inspired location. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That that was, again, but, I like that planet. But, I, and I liked Alderaan. But everything else was just like, come on. I'm tired of you, seeing rocks. I, I, yeah, exactly. When you go out and announce a series, say Duel of the Century, like you, like you're not just saying, "Oh, we're gonna have a duel." Like this is gonna be the best duel in Star Wars you've ever seen. And it's definitely one of the best ones, but like mm-hmm. in all the duels we've seen in the movies, they've been backdrops of like freaking molten lava of over yeah, pits or, of electricity, nuclear I mean, plants over or even freaking yeah, and like even the battles yeah, going death in the stars, background. Yep, they're just yeah. well, and that, fighting and that's the thing on a too, desolate cause... planet. Here's what's funny though, and and I mean I know Ben, I know you're a huge Campia fan. Like I'm not his biggest fan, but I have seen yeah. his episodes sometimes. He even like and and this is where I think the three, of, the four of us can agree on this. Sometimes Star Wars is very cagey in how they market, and and yep. they market stuff and they hype it up like, oh, this is how it's going to be. Like Kathleen said, rematch of the century, and I'm thinking, oh, bet it's Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christian. They're they're going to bring the thunder, which I believe they did. However, the promotional art shows them on Mustafar or on a volcanoic planet. And you put them on some rocks. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You got you got to match that energy because I, I guarantee you, <laughs> if they if they if they would have put him on Mustafar, can you imagine him losing again on Mustafar? Uh, I'd yeah, be like, bro, I, that's how that's great right there. That's great storytelling because yeah. again, it'd be like, like for some reason he can't get over the hump with this guy. And yeah. I've seen people complain about he shouldn't have lost. He shouldn't have lost. That's ridiculous. It's like, no, 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 no. It makes sense for him to lose. He has to lose. Obi, Obi- Wan's the only one that can get in his head like that. Besides oh, yeah. his besides his son when he's older. Like, Vader and Anakin cannot get over Obi-Wan. He's that obsessive over him. That makes so much sense to how Obi-Wan knows how to fight him and knows how to get in his head. He's been why do you think he's been hunting him the way he's been hunting him? And even Palpatine confirmed it. He's like he's like your yep. old feelings for your master. Yeah. is it, clearly affecting you in your own way. And he's like, "No, he means nothing," which is bullshit because you know how he goes to a new hope still looking for Obi-Wan. He knows he's around. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. It's like oh, it, it makes man. sense how why he lost. Yeah. So Quickly, Bet, because like me and Milton are taking this whole conversation. <laughs> sorry, sorry, your... Ben. I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. okay, we'll you're fine. You, we'll have you give your two cents, and we'll have a more formal discussion. I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I can echo virtually um, all the same sentiments. On the uh, the beginning of the episode was not great. The, I would say basically the first ten minutes was not great, um, and the rest of it, you know, it picked up. I, uh, you know, as I messaged you both, I really enjoyed the fight. I thought the lighting was a little bit weird. I think it was a little too dark for my taste. It kind of gave me like Game of Thrones, uh, the Night King, uh, you know, Chris, like if you've seen the, the whole Night King battle, how it's basically pitch black, it felt like it was very dark. Um, 
other than obviously the lightsabers. And then, of course, like you mentioned, Milton, like the dialogue between Vader and Kenobi, I thought was really good. I do wish there was a little bit more of it. Like I, I could have done maybe another one or two scenes, you know, on, uh, you know, one or two scenes cutting back and forth with them talking a little right. bit more. And then, yeah, uh, you, you know what, though, Ben, you're right. And, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but could you imagine if they would have cut some flashbacks in between us? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Honestly, it, they could have shot through this, the Mustafar fight. That or they could have shot it to where they created some new scenes from the Clone Wars or something. I mean, it could have been it could have been something like maybe they because, you know, on Arrow season two, we always reference Arrowverse. Mm -hmm. I know. But whenever Slade and Arrow fought Mm -hmm. at the finale, they showed their first fight ever when they were on the Omezo ship and how they intercut that. So dope. But yeah, they could have done like this. Continue. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. And then um, between that and then. The Reva and Luke stuff I thought was done really well. They edited that really um, in a good way where it didn't like kind of mess up canon, like implications for canon and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That was nice, the way they did that. And I, as you both mentioned, I'm glad you both did. Um, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru I thought were excellent. I really, for me, I thought I thought Beru was, was really great in this finale. Mm-hmm. Overall, of course, Joel, Joel was um, playing Uncle Owen really well in this oh, series. He did, a, he did a phenomenal job. Awesome. But I think um, Bonnie Pierce, she did a great job. Like, I did not expect Aunt Brew to, like, say, hey, let's time to go to war, basically. Like, exactly. I did not expect that. But but that shows how much she cares for Luke. Like, And that makes us look at her totally differently in A New Hope, which is nice because her and Uncle Owen, for that matter. So I really enjoyed their, um, their character arcs. They did really well. And then, um, of course... Getting Qui Gon at the very end was was awesome. I was I was getting nervous. I don't know about you guys, but as the time was ticking down after the Owen and Bruce stuff resolved, I was like, "Man, are we not going to get Qui Gon in this series after all of this foreshadowing?" Oh, I was like, man. "Come on!" I was like, "Come on, please, please, please!" And then we get him, which was excellent. Like, and of course, I love it. Qui Gon and him giving their little kind of like friendly banter, which was nice. Mm. Um, and then. Yeah, I just I just thought they did a really good job overall with the episode, and as you mentioned, with the um, the possibilities of season two, I think I mean they they left the door wide open for that because you know you have the all the potentials with Qui Gon. Obviously, you can go a different story route. I think literally, if you take just say this season alone, and say there'd be a season two, they close the door on the Vader front because now Vader's basically irrelevant because you know the emperor shut that project down basically now until a new hope so they're going to go in a different direction with that and then um i think they they literally built themselves a way in because obi-wan can now leave tatooine whenever he would like whether it be for like the andor show or other series because he literally tells uncle owen and aunt rue you know luke's you know all luke needs is you two to protect him and that's basically like them telling the audience like hey here's your answer if you complain about Obi-Wan leaving. Mm, like, he, right. he basically gave them permission to protect Luke. And the thing is, they earned it, I would say, because right. if you would just have Baru... See, that was the issue with us going into the series when Obi-Wan left the planet. We are like, wait, why can Baru and Owen just stay there, you know, unprotected seemingly with Luke when Obi-Wan yeah. goes off with Leia? And then it's now like, oh, wait, they actually have pretty good battle skills and ideas and plan, you know, pre- preparation skills they're like those home they're like those homestead preppers you know on like discovery channel you know so like 
So, like, they were ready. So, like, you know, now they earn their stripes, basically, for us as an audience, where it's like, okay, you know, Obi-Wan can leave Tatooine, and Luke's probably going to be pretty safe. I mean, they basically fought off an Inquisitor for the most part. Um, so, yeah, I, I think overall, the series, or this episode, did really well. And the music for the Vader and Obi-Wan fight, um, one more thing to mention, the, the music for the Vader and Obi-Wan fight was excellent. Like, I thought that was much better than most of the music for the entire series. Um, and that's, and that's, that's not saying much because the music hasn't been that strong, but it, it was a, it was a big step up. I would say it didn't even dawn on me that there was music. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that, that was good. I didn't, I forgot to mention that. That music was fire. Really? I'm got to go back and watch it. I've only watched oh, it, it like one good. time. So I, I, yeah, I know it's crazy. Usually I've watched it like three times by now, but I've just been really busy this week and I'm like, all, all right. right. Um, so you, you, here's here's my and I'm I'm sorry to jump in here, guys, because I I am excited about this episode because I like go it. Ahead. But, and I know we're probably going to talk predictions next week whenever we yeah, do we're overall breakdown. Yep. Like you know you know what idea I have for for season two if they really wanted to. Let's say season two and three, just because again this show is called Obi Wan. Imagine if they went back, or or they, they they show his training. Like let's say the next two seasons is him training with Qui Gon about the Living Force, blah 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 blah. And he does a couple side missions, nothing crazy. But let's say they go back and just show like his beginnings as like a a Jedi apprentice or something. Like like take those Jedi apprentice books and and adapt them into like some flashbacks for him while he's like training and going on side missions. How dope would that be? How would just, be? Just, that would like, be perfect. I'm, I'm, I would I'm say. just saying that's that's just me. I, again, I'm conflicted about what season two could be because <laughs> me and my brother were talking about this the other night, and I have no idea where they would take season two because you can't use Darth Maul. Because we know what happens to him in Rebels, because that's when he shows up. He can't use Vader. You, what other enemies out there that Obi Wan would want to go up against to force him to leave or or travel on the other side of Tatooine? You know, but yeah, yeah. So let's dive into um, let's dive into Reva. I don't think we've spent a lot of time talking about the character in general. Mm-hmm. What'd you think about her ending and her resolution? Um, I. I it worked, you know, it, it worked for what it was. Now, I think we kind of knew this was coming because all the reports are talking about, you know, this might be a spinoff of her and all that stuff. And it just makes sense because it's Disney Star Wars. They'll spin off anything at this point. Um, but no, I, I was fine with her ending. You know, I think it was nice that she didn't want she didn't want to become Vader. And, and it's nice to see that because I think a lot of us has some issues with how you know, how Kylo was, quote-unquote, redeemed so suddenly. Um, I felt like Reva kind of, she kind of earned it, you know, in the sense of that she the whole time was hunting Vader because she's trying to, she's all about her friends and her and her past and, you know, trying to get justice for her, for her other fallen Padawan friends. So it made sense that once she saw this boy and how she was going to strike him down and how those memories came back to her and how it was haunting her, she couldn't do it, you know? And I thought, I thought, I thought it was well done. I thought it was powerful. Um, I thought the, I thought some of the dialogue could have been strengthened a little bit, but I wasn't, I wasn't hating on, I actually liked how it ended, you know? And I, my only critique is it is that, okay, now she knows that Anakin's Darth Vader. How does she not say nothing to nobody about it? You know, like, like she just keeps that secret and goes off and does whatever. I mean, that, are, that, that's yeah. where I would, that, that that's where I would criticize that. But other than that, though, I was pleased with it. 
Yeah, there are other people in canon that know Vader is uh, Anakin, for instance. Uh, right. Thrawn, Thrawn knows that he's Anakin. Um, Absolutely. Sabe, the, difference the is, though, prior handmaiding knows that he's Anakin later on in life. Mm-hmm. The, the thing about Thrawn, though, Vader knew that he knew. Like, he knew that he found out that and he almost died because of it. Like, because <laughs> of that. Like, like so, and I mean, the facts. I mean, and, and Vader thought he killed, you know, Reva. And obviously, and I don't think the Grand Inquisitor knows who he is, but um, and Tarkin, he's not going to threaten Tarkin. I mean, it's Tarkin. Tarkin. So knows, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. See, it's Tarkin knows, so he's not going to go up against Palpatine's number two because at this point, Tarkin is Palpatine's number two. People forget that. Yep. Um. So, like, for her, because she's such a minor character, it's like, eh, do we really want to give her that responsibility to keep that yeah. secret? But it, it's whatever. I mean, I have to trust what they're doing. I just I don't understand what she's doing in this in this part of the story. If you ask me, like, okay, exactly. so last last we see her, she's down on the ground. She's basically left for dead. So why does she care about Luke at this point, or whoever the hell Obi Wan's for? Dead? I, I I don't understand the motives. The motives are not yeah. not there at all for me. I feel like if you just got left for dead by the Inquisitors, why is the first thing you're gonna do to to go to Tatooine? To, to kill this boy that means, like, nothing to you? Because, like, that's not your, even your objective anymore. You're not even employed by the Empire. Why are you still doing your mission if there's no point to the mission? I That, to me, was just, no, like, I think, bizarre. Well, her, her mission, it wasn't even a mission anymore. It just became personal. She's like, well, I can't kill Vader, so I'm going to kill the, the thing that he doesn't, that that's close. Well, he, she doesn't know he doesn't know about him, but um, she thinks, well, if I kill him, I'm taking away something that he'll never have. Wait, I so mean, that, she that, knows that, that's Vader's son? That's how they pretty much do it, right? I mean, they, they kind of insinuate that. I thought they just said, oh, there's this boy that I have to bring back or something. I don't know if they made a reference. I was, but, I was thinking Bale, I think, I was thinking Bale in that um, hologram that was implying, yeah, implying that they were Vader's kids. I thought that's yeah. how Bale was talking. That's what I got out of the episode, too. Yeah, because, go ahead. My thing with it is, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to you guys about it off camera, but like, my thing is with the whole sequence, as you mentioned, Chris, like it feels uh, almost like disjointed where it's like, why? Like you're, you know, you're not an inquisitor. Like to me, you know, as you mentioned, Milton, I think the entire sequence played out well. I think it was Moses Ingram's best acting by far of the series. Um, and I oh, think yeah. it, it was all shot really well, played out really well. Um, you know, as we mentioned, Uncle Owen and Bruin, the whole sequence was really well. Everybody in the whole scene the lighting was really good. Everything, you know, everything was well. It was just the inherent why behind it. And to me, it just screams, you know, of, of course, as you mentioned, Milton, like it's gonna, we all had an inkling. She was going to turn good eventually just because like, you know, like I, I hate saying, Oh, it's just because it's Disney, but like we've but seen characters turn good so many times. And that's just, it's just facts at this point. So oh, and, and also like, too, what what wasn't there rumor and innuendo that they had to shoot this like finale like they had to rewrite it multiple times or rework it because of like the potential of how the show could be? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I'll talk. That's what I was going to talk to you about off camera. Okay, yeah, but, I got you, got uh, you. but uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there was there was rumors around that and different things around that and different chatter around that um, sequence, and that is exactly why to me this whole ending sequence feels disjointed. Because yes. there's there's missing parts to it, and it's it's an incomplete story. And then my issue with it is not to like 
pile so hard on this this uh, ending is a lot of these things and rumors and things out there point to be true because Deborah Chow literally just this week um, she was in another interview and she mentioned how again to, and to me all of these different interviews that she's been having just scream that it's going to be there's going to be a second season because she literally said in an interview again you know this was intended to be a limited series but you know, if they're if we fi- find some more good stories to tell, you know, we'll see. So, like to sure. me, that just screams a second season. But you know, it it screams it's farther out than sooner. And you know, I would say probably early, early, early stages. You know, they probably don't even know what they want to do yet with it. But right. like to me, that's why they left it so open ended here at the end because potentially, say a season two, you could have Obi Wan doing his thing, Reva doing her thing, and also on top of all this. The big issue that that arises from this entire ending sequence to me is, you know, as you mentioned, Chris, like someone's running around out there with like knowing Luke is Anakin's son. And then you have. I mean, to me, I feel like wouldn't Obi-Wan be concerned, like maybe panicking, like what what, what about after all these good feelings happen, you know, after he's like, okay, you know, thinking to himself, okay, you've turned good, you know, let her go Uh. her way. What happens a week later when he's like, oh, Man, I just let yeah. that chick leave with the secret after it, I just had this good feeling. Like, what's up with, I, you know, then he's going to have to go hunt her down or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just too, it ended too quick. Like, I get it. Like, it's cool having somebody not die for a change. Like, Ben Solo died. Darth Vader died. But, like, this is same huge. Token, it's like, this is like information that Obi-Wan has killed people for knowing before. You know, yeah, just one little thing, and she's magically gonna turn away from it all. Like that just seemed well, like it was too rushed. I mean, hey, look, look at how. Okay, in let let's forget all of all the books, canon, all the comics, all the legends, anything that's not Disney era. Let's just strictly look at Disney era launch screen. Well, Obi Wan already has killed somebody uh, because of it. Look at Darth Maul. Darth Maul, when he's sitting there talking to Kenobi, he's like, "Who are you protecting?" And, you know, and Darth Maul is, like, figuring out he's protecting somebody. And then Obi-Wan's like, okay, it's on. And then takes him out in two seconds. Like, you know, so to me, it's like Obi-Wan has literally killed Darth Maul within, like, seconds of him finding out. And and there's, yeah. And and we can can come up with, like, all, like, the nuance of this, right? Because, like, you you see this person coming up with what could be a dead body. Like, if I were the parents of whoever the hell was, like, bringing my kid's corpse to me, I'd probably want to shoot them before they even got close to me. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, like their reaction was just like, huh? Especially like, in they this did not case, react in with, a way that a normal... Cho- yeah. Like, what the heck? Like, like it's not like... Uh, she didn't say right out front. She didn't say, like, oh, I saved him from falling or something. Like, it's like, what is... It just was very odd to me how 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 the reaction was from all parties, from Obi Wan and from oh, the Lars about how it's like oh man like okay did you did you like kill him and you're bringing us the court I I don't I don't know what the hell yeah after yeah. you just held us hostage and everything basically yeah. like yeah like I don't know it's just it's it's again I mean we harped on it a couple weeks ago the directorial choices like like I said I mean Deborah Charles done a good job she hasn't done an amazing job and it's just showing maybe 
I mean, here's the thing too, to, to like be realistic to as well. This was shot during the pandemic and they shot it basically from what I understand strictly in the volume. So that's why they've been so limited with so many of these different shots and sequences and things like that. But to me, even with all of those caveats, the Mandalorian does such a good job with the volume. I was about to say, yeah. And yeah. like how I just don't, to me, I just feel like it's just a lack of experience on the director's side, which maybe, who knows, if they do a second season, it'll be a lot better because, I mean, let's be real. Look, like Dave Filoni's first live action episode in Mando season one was not great by any stretch. Um, and to me, that was the weakest episode of season one of Mando. And then his, his uh, you know, following episode in, Man in Mando season two with Ahsoka was phenomenal. You could tell he stepped up his directing game by a ton. So, you know, there's a chance maybe Deborah Chow, after getting all of this under her belt, like maybe it'll be a better, uh, you know, a better product. And that's if she is the director of the series. Like, you know, we can't caveat, we have to caveat that as well. There's a chance she may not be the director of the series if they do another season, you know. So there's always that possibility as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we talked about we talked about the plot point with Tatooine pretty pretty well there. Um, <laughs> let's talk more about the duel. Um, so yep. I I mean as I said I was like, and this does not go for the whole episode. Um, this spans, and I'll talk about this more next week. Um, just the impact, just the impact of. I just don't know if there was enough time granted to Darth Vader and Obi Wan, maybe in separate scenes on their own. Um, Ruminate, you know, ruminating about their feelings towards one another because it seemed rather quick. Um, okay, I killed, I killed, you know, I killed Anakin, and I will kill you. And then Obi Wan just says like one thing and walks away. Like I expected Obi Wan to maybe try a little bit harder, just because he didn't really try at all that much the last time they had met. So I thought like, okay, maybe he's really gonna try to get through to him. Mm -hmm. so i i mean yeah i get it it is really good dialogue but i was just like oh I, I, for me it just seems like it resolved a little quick for my eyes it was effective but it was like i was expecting i guess a little bit more talking there was a lot of fighting like i was expecting them to, to like talk um as soon as vader got off the shuttle but it was like go 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 like a minute and a half of dialogue and then end scene so yeah. i don't know i mean that's that's what we got in revenge of the sith though I mean, I mean, at first they, they talked and then he's like, you know, you will try. And all of a sudden flip, okay. bang, 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 bang. And then the only time they paused the talk was whenever they were on those lava. Uh, the lava surfboards, basically. Surf, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and he's like, Ch Chancellor Palpatine's evil from my point of view, the Jedi, uh, you know, that dialogue. And again, they go back to fighting and then obviously he's, you know, spoiler, gets cut up. Um <laughs> So to me, like, I think I was actually okay. I wanted the action because, first of all, if you guys could have watched me and what I was <laughs> doing when I was watching this episode, yeah. I was literally on the treadmill oh my gosh. at, like, 445, <laughs> no, 545 running. And whenever he did the whole Obi-Wan pose, yeah. dude, I geeked out heavy. Did you, like, yell out loud? I was like, because I'm thinking, let's go, because like... I... The hell's this De guy dead ass. Like I was, I was so like hyped because I'm thinking, this is the Obi Wan we wanted to see. Because I'm thinking, oh, he's ready to bring the wood. Because you know yeah. when he does that pose, like he ain't playing around. Oh yeah, so I, I was thinking, yeah, I, I was geeking out hard. 
and I and I can't wait for later because my brother's was watching the episode right now with my dad. Oh, and he's gonna call me later, so I cannot wait to hear what his thoughts are on this episode. But um, but yeah, like I was geeking out heavy when I saw that. I liked the duel. I had no problems with it. I love how brutal it was because literally, it was very physical than what I thought we would have gotten. Like literally, like Obi Wan is like touching him. And, like, putting his hands on him. I'm thinking, like, no one ever touches Vader like that. But Obi-Wan's doing it. Like, he's bodying him a little bit. And even Vader was bodying Obi-Wan. So, I liked it was brutal. And I loved how they showed how brutal and vicious Vader was with the Force. And how he talked a lot of, you know, talked a lot of shit about, oh, your power has come back. But the weakness is still there. That was a dope line. I thought that was cool. Um, And I also liked... You know, the way they move their sabers, like, they they could fight. Like, Disney, this is what we want out of a dual lightsaber, okay? These people actually train to do this fight. Clearly, Daisy Ridley and Kylo Ren did minimal training. Sorry, but those fights were trash. Um, This is what I thought we were getting in the sequels. And I loved it, and I loved how, at the end that Kenobi's like, man, freak this lightsaber, bro. I'm using a butt of it and start wrecking his 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 chest piece. Like how how smart no one thinks about hitting him in the chest. It's it's like if you and I, the three of us was fighting in a boxing match or something, someone punched us in the chest and knocked out our airway, we're struggling. And yeah. it made sense. I love that. I just love how brutal this fight was. And I loved how they really went into it. And it wasn't even a long fight, which I appreciated. So I, I was cool with it. I loved every minute of it. Ben? Oh yeah, I mean Milton. I mean you. I feel like you're nailing so many good points tonight, Milton, on your uh, your uh, your yeah. monologues here. Like uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I echo virtually everything you said. You know, the uh, the style of fight, the the uh, even though it was shorter, I feel like it was good quality. As I mentioned earlier, I wish it would have cut a couple more times with some more dialogue in between. Like, I wish we would have had something more of like Obi Wan being more chatty about Padme, like taunting him or something, like something like that. That's a good point. Been pretty cool. Yeah, Um, I'll I'll give I'll give you this, Ben and Chris. I will say, if I had to critique it, I will say it'd been nice to get some cuts of like him mentioning Padme or even mentioning Shmi. You know, if if he said he said because if he just said. Man, your your mother's rolling over in her grave right now. Not to that extent, but you know, if he'd have mentioned <laughs> something about Shmi, can you imagine like how powerful yeah. that would have been? You oh know, yeah, but you're right. Con- yeah, continue. Oh yeah, it would have been it would have been great, man. If we if we would hear General Kenobi saying "rolling over in your grave," I would <laughs> that would that would be the best line in Star Wars. Um, but uh, but for real, I I think the whole duel was really really good, and and as you mentioned too earlier, Chris, like. The whole scene, the scenery of it just felt kind of weird. Like, yeah. I don't know, it just felt basic, in my opinion. Like, it was really basic. Was the set, like, like is it just a deserted moon or something? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it um, was so random. It was, yeah, you're right. That, that was there my, was yeah. no importance to the planet. It was just like, they're on this planet me, for no reason. Yeah, to me, from what I've read, like just looking into it, um, when I was on the plane and stuff, it sounds like that was like a moon in the Mustafar system, like somewhere around, you know, where the Inquisitorius is, like another one of those moons, basically. But even yeah. at that, it's still like, why not just fly down to Mustafar? So like, yeah. so you have that, but like overall, I think that I think the fight was good. I did love the whole mask thing where Obi Wan busted it, and like you heard 
Anakin and then Vader. Like oh, I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was the tight. And then like design was sick. the the sound design was perfect. I always I don't know what it is. Even though obviously it's painful for Darth Vader, but I love hearing when when Darth Vader's like struggling on his breathing. I think that is such a cool sound. Yeah. Um. But yeah. and then I really like the shots when the mask got busted, where they uh, part of it was like blue. Like, that yes. was when he was still talking about Anakin, and then when he started going to Vader, it went red. And maybe red. fans didn't notice that, but that's, like, literally, that's, yep, that's, like, symbolizing, you know, him, like, he is Vader now, like. Loved it. And and here's the thing, Hayden, you see he smiled when he said, he's like, I killed Anakin Skywalker. He smiled. Yep. Yep, and I, I saw that, he's, Like, he's vicious. Like, I, it, it felt like a horror film. Like, that mm-hmm. particular part felt like a horror movie. That's The way crazy. he talked. And that's why I liked how this fight ended, because especially, and we haven't even mentioned this, when he's yelling, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, like he screams that twice, it's like, damn, dude, like, you know he's not over this, you know, and it's like, he's probably thinking, I got wrecked again. It's neat, because, I mean, as much as I was kind of like taken away from the Rebels moment, I was like, ah, oh, we've been here, we've done this, this dialogue sounds the freaking same as well. I think it had to be done because Obi-Wan mm-hmm. had to like see that it was Anakin. Like, Absolutely. He had, to be, he had to be definitive in his um, reasoning to Luke, like, no, that, like, literally, that's it. And, and so it was cool to see like those two characters with the eye contact mm-hmm. and. Yeah, like you said, Milton, about him smiling. I guess I didn't pick up on that, but um, that's crazy. Watch to it again. Like, yeah, think. Yeah, like I said, I've I've watched it one and a half times. I I tried to watch it again, but it was too late. I fell asleep, and it's not the quality of the show. It's just <laughs> I've been lacking sleep. But anyway, uh, like me conceptualizing and thinking about Darth Vader smiling, like that's crazy mm-hmm. for me to think about. Like. Yeah, Holy no, crap. I love it. Like, I mean, it's like it, seeing it's Vader a, with like smiling behind his mask. Like, imagine yeah. that. Like, like he, wow. He legit, like, he, his jaw, you can see his jaw structure yeah. and he, it moves. I'm thinking, wait, wait, like, did he smile when he said that? And that, that makes it even like better because it's like he's truly embracing and he truly believes he killed Anakin Skywalker off. He's done. And that's why I think Obi Wan's like, then my friend is truly dead or how, whatever he says. Now, I didn't like, oh, I forgot to mention this, what I didn't like about the dialogue, he's like, goodbye, Darth. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah, that like, was weird. I'm like, okay, that, that was kind of goofy. I think if you want to, like, headcanon justify it, it's because, I mean, look, he calls him Darth and a new hope yes, as well. Yes, Like, yes, that's, I, that's the only reason why. That's the only way. But I think, I think he's, it'd have been more powerful if he said, goodbye, old friend, or something like that. I mean, if he just, because that, that would have been, like, touching. I'm like, ugh. He still kind of believes that he's redeemable, maybe, but he knows yep. he's not, you know. But yeah, it is what it is. But overall, again, I, I love this fight. I this is one of, probably my top five Star Wars fights. I'll be honest with you. Um, I love the brutality. I love the mixture of prequel and original trilogy fighting. Um, this is. I told my dad. I told my brother this the other day. You, you, you and McGregor's Obi Wan Kenobi. Like I love Alec Guinness. He's the guy. He's the OG. But but Yo McGregor's Obi Wan facts. I think I honestly think they're at a point. In my opinion, I think they're just like we've talked about how many times how Ewan's done such a good good job on transitioning toward Alec. I th- I just think they're at a point. If you watch them, I think they're just two entirely different characters. Honestly, like just the way they portray Obi Wan. Like the more and more I watch them, like 
just seeing them in action, like like Ewan's version in action so much, you know, uh, it's just that like I, you know, hard line in the sand, younger Obi Wan versus like mentor Obi Wan, mm-hmm. um, because to me like like this like Ewan to me is the is a the great um, I would say more action based etc. And then like you have Alex version obviously who's more like the wiser mentor version because to me. I think I still will like stand by. I think one of the top ten all time scenes in Star Wars is like Alec Guinness's Obi Wan giving the whole Clone Wars and Vader spiel to oh, Luke dope. in the yep. hut. Like I think that is one of the top ten scenes. Feel. And like to me, like that is Obi Wan. But then like then you have Ewan's version who is like Obi Wan as well in an entirely different way because I could never picture Alec's version being an action like this at all. So like you know, it's just, it's so hard to, like, tell, um, you know, which one I would prefer. Um, so, like, that's, you know, it's just it's just a coin flip for me. Right, and to right. me, Ewan's done such a good job of simultaneously, like, transitioning toward it. And it makes me wonder, too, like, if we get into season two, if they'll move ahead a few years. Uh, because that, that, oh, that's another um, comment, by the way, in that interview Deborah Chow made. She, she jokingly said... You know, we have another ten years before a new before we get to Alec Guinness. Like she literally said that. So to me, it's like it'd be cool if we get into like say the next season and like Ewan's beard is like grayed out even more or something. You know, just to like signify more of a transition toward it. Right. Um, and and we yeah. and let's be real here. We we got the technology to probably blend them together a little bit to like show that transition. Yep. Um, and here's the thing you you mentioned and Chris, I wanted your thoughts on this too. Like, Ben, you mentioned that, you know, it's kind of, you don't know which one to pick or, you know, who's yeah. what, what, what. Honest to God, whenever I watch the original trilogy, I, I, I know that Alec Guinness, obviously, as, you know, uh, yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm, and I know that's Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Like, I, yeah. I, nothing tells me, even with the animations, I'm thinking, oh, that, that's Alec Guinness. That's Obi-Wan. That's Ewan McGregor. But they play yeah. it so well. Because, it because yeah, because, because the mannerisms are so good. Like, you can, like, you know, those are the characters. Like, like, I know, uh, uh, Alec Guinness version was Ewan McGregor's version. Like, it's not yeah. like, man, like, they're so different. But no, no, that's the same guy. Yeah. No, even animated. Yeah, animated, animated. John, what's his name? Uh, who's the voice of the animation oh. version of him? Uh, Jonathan Taylor, or no? Jo- John Stan- uh, Stanton? No. Uh, no, wait, Steven Stanton does old Obi-Wan in Rebels. He does, he does old Obi-Wan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. James Arnold Taylor. There you go. Yes. Yep. Even his version, I'm thinking, oh, that's Ewan McGregor and Alec Gaines. Yep. Like, like <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? Like, that character, Obi-Wan is the Derek Jeter of Star Wars, Okay. I tell anybody, when you want to have a clutch moment, I always say, I just had an Obi-Wan moment. Because he's yeah. so clutch. Every time you need a, need a big hit, just Obi-Wan. You know, how you need about, fire. How about the killing blow, so to speak, on Vader when he lifts all the rocks? It's like, a, it's like whoa, that's so cool. Yeah, this is how you use the Force. Yeah, like, we've never you know seen Obi-Wan like, like, do that before. Obi-Wan out here looking, he's out here doing Matrix stuff with the Force. Yeah. I'm thinking, that's how it should be, bro. Legit. Y'all don't understand. If y'all was watching me running the treadmill, I'm legit like a <laughs> child. I, geeking, watching well, this. Actually, I've, you know, thinking more and more about it, more and more about it, I really think that sequence in a lot of this episode, to me, you know, like we all mentioned, we, we've enjoyed this series for the most part. It's been good, etc. And we'll get into our full series discussion next week. But my thing is, 
I, I don't want to say it like in this way. I mean, there's really no other way to say it. So to me, this series, like this may sound bad, but this series felt like an Obi-Wan prequel series to what we were expecting the series mm-hmm. to be like, mm-hmm. like how, so what we got in the season finale, I feel like is what we were expecting for all six episodes, it, yeah. you know? So like, yeah. to me, this felt like a prequel to the actual series we're hoping to get in season mm-hmm. two, if there's a season two. That, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. Now, now, Chris, can you repeat? Cause I, I did read your Facebook post. I think it was your Facebook post or your tweet. Do you remember what you said? <laughs> yeah, let me bring it up real quick. Hold on a second. Yeah, I want I want you to read that because like I and I know that that's about uh, the entire show. Yeah, it's about the entire show, but I, yeah. I'll read it now. Yeah. All right, so I said overall, Obi Wan Kenobi was you know dot 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 fine. It started off strong and ended strong. It suffered in the middle with the lack of any progression for certain characters, making their big moments at the end feel very rushed. I also thought the overall production quality, sets, cinematography, music, etc. Was not what I expected with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I prefer this uh, not to get a second season, as I feel it could take away from the great ending of this series. Mm-hmm. Now, I bring it up because of what Ben was saying, and here's the thing: I, as much as I like the show, I, I I agree with what you said. And again, I wouldn't even mind if we got a season two, but that's why I'm saying I'm conflicted about it too, because I wouldn't know where to take this in season two. Hold on. And on top of that, though, hold on one second, guys. What? Hold on. <laughs> Uh, we got we got everyone back going ben are you here well we are live people we are live live, people from the beach (laughs) but uh well honestly what what i was saying is like i understand why you made that 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 tweet or that facebook post it makes sense because this show was up and down in the middle you know the the visuals weren't the greatest at first some hit and some from hits there um the music was hit and miss um, it does felt like this show was, was inconsistent at times. Great beginning, great ending, eh, in the middle. What does it sound like to us again? Kind of sound like how, um, bad how batch. Uh, what's the, yeah, Bad Batch went. Yeah. And it's like, ah, you know, and am I looking forward to a season two? I told you guys, I'll watch it. I'm not excited for it. You know, and now Obi-Wan, because I love that character so much, I'm excited to always see Ewan McGregor, but I don't know where they're going to take it. You know, I think I think there needs to be some adjustment made when it comes to writing choices, when it comes to, and Ben brought this up, directing choices. Stop with this short episode crap, you know, make yeah. it an hour for each. I think this is where the show suffers too. You could tell that last episode has some things cut out of it. So... If they would have gave us an hour-long episode, I think it could have fleshed it out, made made it more rich. Even though it was a good episode, they cut stuff out of that, and I think they meant it for something else. Yep. Oh, they they definitely did. I mean, you can tell, even without just the different things out there about the finale, you can 100% tell there was more there for the story than what they were, than what there was. And it's like, okay, even if you wanted it, a second season, you know, based on like everything, based on the numbers, etc. I feel like you should have let the season play out and then k- just make a new story, you know? Like that that's that's my thing on it. Is like why why potentially change it when you could just make continue the season on? Like that's so I don't know. It, it, it's tricky when it, in that regard. And then like yeah, I mean it, it is hard. Like if if you rip off the title of Obi-Wan 
and are like, oh, do I want a second season of this? And then it's like, uh, maybe, maybe. Like, because, like you mentioned, Chris, your, your Facebook post was pretty much dead on. Like, strong, strong at the beginning, and in the middle, strong in the end. Like, and that's pretty much what it was. Like, it, had, it definitely had some, some ups and downs. So it's just like, all right, where do we go from here? And they open up so many cans of worms, potentially, with Reva knowing information and uh, stuff like that. So I don't know. It's just it, it's a tricky it's a tricky balancing act, I would say. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, are there any final touch points you guys want to talk about with this episode before we go into our scores? And uh... yeah, I, I I would say real quick. I would say with me. One of the nice touch points, um, I, I feel like a lot of people probably noticed it, but it's still worthy to bring up. I love the fact they made Emperor Palpatine look like the original, oh. original Palpatine from Empire Strikes Back. The actor was named um, Clive something. I can't yeah. remember his last. But they made, he didn't look like Ian McDermott, which is awesome to me. He actually looked like the original Emperor. Yeah. So like I thought, I thought that was incredible they did that. Um like that was my my uh, just other little cool takeaway from the episode, mm-hmm. but uh, overall, like I mean, I feel like we really talked about a lot of these um, good points. Oh, I did think it was cool, like Owen, um, like you know, reconvening with Luke at the end, and you know, of course, Obi Wan saying hello there. Like, you know, we complain about cheesiness and stuff in Star Wars, and that was definitely cheesy. But hey, we needed it. Like, it's just a funny little ha ha. Yep, that's a Star Wars moment. So. Uh, you know, I didn't mind it, but yeah, those are just some other, like, I guess I would say little just tidbits to wrap things up. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, again, overall, I liked the episode. Were the things about it I didn't like, of course. Um, it, it was definitely in my top three favorite episodes for sure. Um, I think the show was inconsistent at times, and <clears throat> I think anyone watching this, this podcast, or hell, anyone who watched the the entire series can probably tell you the same thing. You know, I felt like the direction was up and down. I think Ben and Ben and Chris, you guys did a good job of pointing that with the director cho- director's choices. But other than that, with this particular episode, um, I thought it was a strong finale. I thought it wrapped up what it needed to wrap up. It did leave it very much open ended. So most likely, guys, I, I can probably bet if, if, if I had to put a number on it. We're getting a season two at probably sixty five percent, seventy percent at this point because of the fan outcry of how much they liked it the viewership you know you know those viewership leads into dollars for disney and for their platform so if they're getting if they're getting all this the most likely we're gonna get a season two um but yeah i I like the show there were some critiques you cannot you cannot watch this show or this episode thinking there wasn't some issues with it you know unless unless you just want to be quote-unquote blinded and that's, and that's not me being negative. Is the fact that there were some things in here that just didn't work as well. But overall, I liked the episode. There you go. So we got Milton. We got Ben. Both both enjoying the episode. What would you give it score-wise out of 10, Milton? Uh, I think I gave the premiere a 9 out of 10. Or I no. think so. Yeah, it was 9 out of 10. And, and and I and I consider the premiere both those episodes together. Like that that's all one episode. Um, this episode because it's probably my second favorite, probably an eight point two five. 
Fair score. Ben? Yeah, I would say, yeah, this is probably my second favorite episode as well. You know, the premiere was a 9. I would say this one's a 8.5. You know, it had some good moments. It had Ooh. some, you know, the, fir- the first 10 minutes was kind of eh. Um, but I would say the uh, final fight sequence was good. The ending sequence with Reva was questionable just because if you look at it from, like, a grand scheme of things, like, okay, right. what was the point here? Um, the overall wrapping of the story I thought was really good with, with Owen and Brew and Qui-Gon at the end I thought was really good. But, yeah, I'd say it's about an 8.5. It's my second favorite episode of the series. Yeah, I definitely feel like i got to give it a rewatch before next week's episode, especially after the discussion. Uh, this is definitely... You can tell, like, this is a lot more of a, a positive discussion on this week's episode of Outer Rim <laughs> Transmission compared to the last, I don't know, three weeks. We were kind of down on the series. So it is nice that, you know, yeah. we, we, we are positive, right? We we go with the flow. If, th- if something's not good, we call it out. If it's something great, we'll, we'll praise it, right? So uh, and I, everything about what I said in the beginning, my mind hasn't changed. Overall, the good out, outweighs the bad, which was pretty much just in the beginning the first 10 episodes that we all have said um i'm gonna go ahead and give this one an 8 out of 10 um originally in my head when i first watched it i gave it a 7.5 but i think with knowing more of the subtext uh that milton was explaining and different things like that it it actually did end up helping like me like the episode more sometimes uh discussions often uh Mm. do with me so so there you go, an 8, an 8, 8.25, and uh, an 8.5, and we got Aaron Daly giving it a 9 out of 10 in the chat, so everybody seems to really enjoy this episode, which is yeah. great, because um, I don't want to think about, how, I mean, there's always detractors from the episodes, art is subjective, right? But right, could you imagine right. if they didn't? Could you imagine what our discussion would be like if they didn't pull off any of this? Like, ooh, man. Oh, God, if, it, if, if this was... If if they would have done some off the wall stuff where like, you know, we it like make the bad batch. yeah that or like they would have broke canon entirely, I'd have been like, wait, what are they doing? Like I I think and I think I told you this beginning of this series. If this show didn't work for me, I'm like, no, like I don't think I would watch another one because I'm like this is ridiculous, because you you cannot take a crown jewel like Obi Wan and make him trash and like and wreck this show. But they did that with Luke, so I mean it's whatever. Like I it is it's what it is. <laughs> Um, but like, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, there was an overall positive feeling with this episode. Now, of course you see people on social media. That's why I always unfriend half the people on Twitter anyways, because it's always negative, but Hmm. people are talking about, oh, it's just, just a, it's woke with Reva redemption, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what are we taught? Like people's thoughts sometimes. I don't get it. Like not everything has to be a political woke feminism you know all this, all this stuff about Star Wars episodes. It's to Star me, Wars, people. Well, it's me, lightsabers. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's sure. it's mystical powers. I, I mystical yeah, powers and me, lightsabers have nothing to do with 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 what our real world's going on today. Not, not at all. One hundred percent agree with you there, Milton. And to me, that's a thing as well. Like you can't use like the woke thing as an excuse to to critique. To me, it like just to be straight up. Like if you think Reeve is a trash character based on what you saw on the show then she's a trash character. That's fine. It's a critique. But, like, don't drag, like, the real-world stuff and project it onto a character exactly. in a fictional fictional universe. So, like, that's that's my thing when it comes to that is, like, just, just 
watch it for what it is and judge it for what it is and don't project onto the series. You know, that's that's always like the uh, the big yeah, oh, issue that's, because that's, that's the easy yeah. that's the easy thing to do. Yep. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh wait, what happened to uh, the fifth brother and the fourth sister and the Grand Inquisitor? Like, dang it! Like, I wanted to see more of those characters. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, you, you see them in Rebels. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the one. That's the one thing. But it's like, dang, dang! I wanted to see. I wanted to see the fifth brother do some cool stuff, man. But oh well, we'll, we'll see him <laughs> die in Rebels. That's that's better. Right. Um. So yeah, guys, you could uh you can catch us next week. Come with your thoughts on overall episodes or parts one through six of Kenobi. We'll get into some speculation further into what could happen for the future of the franchise, whether it be spinoffs or direct sequel to the series. Next week's going to be a biggie, too. Uh, there's a big... I know we were talking earlier about canon and about how books are just not giving free reign to do anything any, these days. Or not anything, but a lot of things. Which is kind of contradictory to what I'm about to say. We have this <laughs> little book coming out written by Adam Christopher called Shadow of the Sith. And just in the excerpts alone, it's already uh, explained a lot of things from Rise of Skywalker. Uh, including uh, the parents of Rey... And the whereabouts of what Luke was doing in between Return of the Jedi and and The Force Awakens and and what you know all these really juicy details with the with the daughter of Lando her actual name like this book actually could kind of break my rant that I had earlier on in the episode <laughs> so I'm I'm very excited I see somebody on Twitter you know you know people use hyper hyperbole uh hyperbole online quite a bit right this is the best thing ever and whatever. But you know, somebody was like, "Oh, this is the Shadows of the Empire of the new canon." And I, like, I saw that. <laughs> I literally replied to the guy. I said, "Oh, you gotta watch your words carefully, man, because that is some high praise." <laughs> yeah, but because because when you say that, like, not to like say on a down note, but I do recall a lot of people saying Last Jedi was Empire Strikes Back, and Duh. well, <laughs> bro, so like, even that's disrespectful. I, I, I just, I'm sorry. I just, I, I no. just can't. I just can't when it comes to comparisons like that. Yeah. When you're Come comparing on, something to like the Jedi, best bro. thing ever, like when you're, yeah, when you're comparing something to like the, arguably the best thing ever, like don't don't do that. Um, the only movies that I've ever compared Empire to is Godfather Two because those those, those, those sequels are tight. And oh, even yeah. Superman, Superman Two is actually good. I think. Oh yeah, that <laughs> one. Yeah. So like, like miss me with that trash about the Last yeah. Jedi. I mean, I'm not. I'm talking about you, Ben, but like. People yeah. out here like, come on with the Last Jedi. You know that movie ain't good. I'm I'm sorry, but that's just me. It's, <laughs> it's really put it this way: the movie's really, really good if you look at it in a vacuum. If you look at it as like a film itself, like that's a not I Star Wars movie. Ryan Johnson's editing and his directing and his cinematography and everything evolved from a director. Um, it's great. It's a great directed movie um, that takes a lot of big swings and. Um, you know, I appreciate it because and I <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to rant about Last Jedi, but I, I feel like I got to get ahead of this. I got to get ahead of it um, because it's he's actually trying to make Star Wars in a different way. That's more interesting. Um, yeah, I've talked to one of my good friends, which is my brother-in-law's older brother. Me and him go see movies, and he's not the biggest Star Wars fan, but he literally said Last Jedi was the best Star Wars movie he's ever seen because he's 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 more of like a film guy. He does not yeah. have like a direct like bias like we do towards Star Wars, mm -hmm. but he's like from a film perspective, I've seen each movie like once. Like this is the 
this is like in a modern type of design this was like the best constructed of the Star Wars movies they've made yet. So I could see that way, but like from a lore perspective and everything else. Wait, wait. So, so yeah. let, me, let me back up. So when he when he says best constructed of the modern one, like what's he trying to say? I think cinematography. Oh yeah, like 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 it's, just it's the not, way the storytelling Oh, you he, can definitely he, tell the movie was trying to be deep. Like you, I get yeah. that. Like I won't I won't criticize that. And I know the cinematography was on point. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll, I'll give that to Ryan Johnson. You know, I actually I remember. When they announced him as a director, I was like, "Yo, this guy knows how to tell a story." Yeah. So like, that'd be dope. But you I mean, know what? It's but it's like again. There's I don't want to rant about it. Obviously, <laughs> I just think like again, he's not a trash filmmaker because I like Knives Out. Like he, I know he's good at this. Let's but let, let's he real. wasn't built for Star Wars. Yeah, you let, know what I'm saying? Be, yeah, let's be real on this though. His cinematography would have been ten million times better for this series than what we got. Oh, without question. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Without without question. I mean, there Ryan Johnson. Stand, like like when I look at a Star Wars movie, I see things like Last Jedi, where you have like Luke standing in front of like the shuttles and like the dust is mm. kicking up. Like that's something I could have on my wall, whether or not I like the mo moment or not. It looks beautiful. Like each Star Wars movie and, and thing, like Mandalorian has many sequences where it's just like whoa. Mm. I didn't get a single yeah. thing of that, other than maybe a shot of Alderaan or two. Like, Alderaan other than looked that, gorgeous. Other than that, there was nothing that stood out to me as like, oh my gosh, I gotta have this in a, a frame on my wall behind me yeah. or something. Right. It's like it's like they made this. It's like they made the settings and planets like real cheap. Which you know? uh, again, we'll talk about next week more. But it's like you have less episodes in Mandalorian. This was originally exactly. supposed to be a movie. Plus, this is your flagship series. This is why people are subscribing to Disney Plus for the entire year is to watch this freaking show. And it showed because literally it got like the biggest numbers out of everything, anything on Disney Plus so far. So you would think that the sky is the limit to like just mm -hmm. pour all your funds and your resources. Dude, yeah, all the money in the world. It's dude. not yeah. a movie. Put more money yeah. into it, maybe. I don't know. I'm 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 yelling give at us, the clouds because I'm just give like, us Kato nine more. Just give us Kato nine Mordia. Like give us that. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I'm true. serious. Like yeah. you can give us Kato nine Mordia. You can give us Coruscant. You know what I'm saying? Like we would love to see Coruscant again. What 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 does Coruscant sense in the show though? No, I, I know, but I'm saying, well, what does Coruscant look like post? You know, uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Like, well, it's funny no one you mentioned that, Milton. Um, in it was supposed to be in Rise. Of, it was supposed to be in uh, Duel of the Fates movie. About two months from now, we'll know from Andor season in one. Andor. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. True. Well, hopefully, hopefully Andor, you know, gives us like you know how even Rogue One gave us more like you know different yeah. type plan. I mean, come on, man. Like, look, I it, yeah. Let's let's go. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> tangents aside, uh, we really liked Obi Wan this episode. And we're going to talk about it in its entirety next week, so we hope that you guys can join us. Um, again, I'm going to have my first impressions on Shadow of the Sith, so stay tuned for that as we record next Friday at our normal time at 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, what are you guys up to this week, Ben? How long are you going to be in Virginia Beach? Well, I'm going to be here until Monday night, so I'll be back late Monday night, back, uh, back home. And then I'll be back to lifting starting on Tuesday, back getting the diet kicked back in. I'm kind of just on a diet break right now, just kind of kind of chilling, eating, eating good, having a good time, you know, so uh, enjoying myself here on vacation. And then, you know, just going to get back to training starting Tuesday morning and start as long as as long as these burns are feeling better. If, if, if these burns aren't feeling better, then it may be extremely painful lifting. So uh, so we'll see about that. 
but yeah, that's all I'll be up to the next few days, just hanging out on the beach, having a good time. Uh, yeah, I'm probably still talking Star Wars with you guys and people online because that's just, you know, can't resist doing that. And uh, you can find me. Oh, yeah. And you, you can find me uh, pretty much on Instagram at RealBenMainers. All right. What about you, Milton? What are you going to be up to this week? You going golfing or anything fun? Uh, no, not this weekend. That was last week, and I went golfing, which I need to probably go again. I actually played fairly decent. I'll give myself credit. Uh, no, tomorrow I'll just be getting up in the morning, going work out. But I have a wedding to go to for my cousin tomorrow afternoon, so that that should be nice. I'm not looking forward to the reception huh. because we're having the reception on a farm, so it's <laughs> going to be hot. So oh, it's like, gonna be ugh. really. It's gonna be almost ninety degrees tomorrow here. Where yeah, I facts, know. dude. I ain't, I ain't hyped about <laughs> that. But I'm looking forward to the wedding because it's, it's an indoor wedding at a church. But nice. um, yeah, I'll be doing that tomorrow. So working out in the morning, get my core and cardio done, going to a wedding, going to a reception, um, and then Sunday, I think I'll probably just get some stuff done around my house and just relaxing and getting prepared for um, for the upcoming week because you know I have vacation coming up, like I said, in a couple weeks. So. I'll be getting stuff together, and you you won't see me a couple times on a podcast probably towards the end of July, people, because of that. But in the meantime, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's Milton, the number seven, Weber, or on Twitter at MiltonWeber7. All righty. And you guys could always check in. You're already in the right place if you're watching. I'm sure you're probably most likely subscribed to the channel. This week I'll be talking about some Star Wars comics. We have like four issues coming out in a single day. You gotta love how Marvel just like puts out like one issue a day for a month and it just randomly puts out like four on the same day. So I'm gonna have fun talking about Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra, Han Solo issue number three, and Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi Kenobi issue number two this upcoming. So I'm gonna be busy on top of painting miniatures, on top of uh, reading a brand new Star Wars book. So it's gonna be crammed full of uh, Star Wars stories for me to tell next week. Until then, I hope you guys can join us, as always, in the live chat or download us on any of your favorite podcast streaming devices. That's going to do it for me. This was Milton. This was Ben. This is I, Chris, a.k.a. Starraptor. Thank you so much for watching. May the Force be with you always and transmission.